Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 497 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to be speaking with the father of a young type one. The father's name is Chad, and Chad has feelings. Actually, boys have feelings. We're going to talk about them today, and so much more. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Perhaps you've been hearing about the Pro Tip series from the Juice Box Podcast and like to learn more. You can find them at episode 210, right in your podcast player. Or if you'd like to pick through a little bit online first, diabetesprotip.com. That's pretty much all I have for you. Here comes Chad. Have you always wanted to help with type 1 diabetes research, but don't have the time or the means to be involved in a study? Well, you should check out the T1D Exchange. You can support type 1 research and the Juicebox podcast by going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. When you get there, it's super simple to do and just takes a couple of minutes. You click on join our registry now, complete a simple survey, and you're done. T1D Exchange research has led to increased insurance coverage for blood glucose meter test strips, changes in the American Diabetes Association guidelines for pediatric A1C goals. It's helped with FDA expansion of Dexcom CGM labeling and Medicare coverage for CGM devices. Everything you do will be 100% HIPAA compliant and a million percent anonymous. Sometimes after you fill out the survey, the T1D Exchange will reach out to you with other opportunities that you can either take advantage of or not. I've heard some listeners of the podcast have uh, been contacted recently, and they were really happy that they were. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Check it out. Hello, name's Chad. I'm the father to a three-year-old diabetic, uh, Carson. Carson was diagnosed in on September 11th of 2019. Changed our life forever. Spoke to be on this because I I noticed ever since day one it seemed like uh the the doctors you know were talking specifically to my wife and it was like sometimes I wasn't even in the room and I just I didn't know if that was a general perception in the the community with with parents raising um, type one children or, or not. Well, I found your note very interesting because this is really the tone that you came from. Um, and I want to get to all of it, but before I do, you're an East coast person, right? Just in general. I'm in, yep. I'm in, uh, Northeastern Maryland. All right. So I, I want to make sure about something before we start, especially after last night's Monday night football game, you didn't name that poor kid after Carson Wentz, did you? And no, absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, that that's funny because, uh, 
we we do we live 45 minutes from philadelphia i i grew up in new england i'm a i'm a patriots fan okay and my wife actually wished kind of harm on carson Wentz because she did not want the name to become popular she, well she he said, fixed that don't worry yeah <laughs> my goodness she, well, she said she goes uh i i hope he she's like this is bad but i hope he gets injured that way you know this name just doesn't start popping up everywhere and that season later that season he pretty much broke his leg he's towards acl and then nick Foles came in and beat my patriots in the super bowl uh, so you got paid back but yeah exactly hopefully everyone's not going to be named carson 15 years from now yeah i, I have to admit i thought we did um at the time in 2000 actually 1999 when we came up with the name when we chose Cole, we, we, we didn't know anybody who named their kid Cole. And now yeah. it's, uh, it's much more common. He actually plays on a, you know, in, in college, there are two Coles on his baseball team. Oh, wow. And so we didn't do a great job. Uh, but yeah, Carson Wentz took care of this for you, but I love the story. So you, you put the Ooga Booga on Carson and then they yeah. came back around and got you in the Super Bowl. And yes, yes. Yeah. And it really did too, because we just basically sent out like guy number two to beat the hell out of you. It was yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well and Brady it, had like the game of his life and it still wasn't it, enough. Yeah. You know you, you know it's so funny, and I won't we won't talk about football long, but my mom's like almost eighty and I was driving her somewhere the other day and we spent a good amount of time in the car talking about that Super Bowl and uh she loves football. And I said it. it I said it. It was just whoever had the ball last. Like yep. it, they, if the the Patriots would have just got the ball back one more time. Like I actually think there's a, a strong case to be made that Brandon Graham won the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, knocking I, the ball out of Brady's hand. Strip like sack. That. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I it's hilarious that that all came back around to get you. By the way, your yeah. wife, your wife, um, I want to meet sometime. Vicious lady. She couldn't have just like wish that he changed his name or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah no she's 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 pretty harsh and, uh, she, yeah. she went right for the, <laughs> the kettle, i hope yeah. a car falls on it <laughs> like, yeah. you know interesting anyway um so a couple things about your note grab me one uh that i think we're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about was how you felt in the room where the doctor was sort of looking through you um yes. and and how in general when you're paying attention online, you don't see a ton of um, men involved. And moreover, you do see a lot of um, moms complaining about their husbands. Yes. So yes. I don't know that you found, um, I don't know that you found a, an issue in the diabetes community. I think you just found an issue in the, yeah, yeah, in the world. Um, mm -hmm. But, First, tell me a little bit about the diagnosis. Were you were there as it happened and and involved yes. in the very beginning? Yep. Um, so we, you know, we noticed the telltale signs. Um, he he was drinking. He was drinking like half a gallon of water a day, losing weight. Um, at first, we just thought, you know, Carson's a big kid. He was he was a ten pound baby at birth, and at first, you know, my wife just thought, oh, he's losing his baby fat, and then he's peeing through his diaper every night. And, you know, she looked it up early. This was, we start seeing signs in June of 2019. And, you know, she wanted to get an appointment with the doctor. And it just so happened they were able to get us in um, just three weeks after his second birthday uh, for his two-year exam. And, you know, she pushed the doctor. I, I want to be 
you know, I want them tested for, for type one. I, I see all these signs. She wasn't too concerned. Um, and she was actually pushing against the test. And we were like, Hey, it's, it's a simple test. And, you know, they tested the urine and, you know, uh, glucose showed up in the urine. Um, she actually called me at work. I just, I just ran a 5k that morning. I was late coming into work. Um, my, my coworkers and I were, we were talking about, uh, nine 11, just where we were on that day. And I had specific coworker tell me, he said, you know, not everyone nine 11 means the same. I have a old coworker that whose child was born on nine 11. He, he spent the morning, you know, at the hospital, you know, enjoying this, this wonderful day, the birth of his son. Right. And he's, you know, I specifically remember him telling me, he's like, not everyone's nine 11 is the same. Then I walk into work and, you know, someone goes, someone, someone's phone's been ringing off the hook. And I go to my cubicle and there's like six, seven missed calls from my wife. Um, and I called her back and she, she told me that, you know, there was glucose in the urine, um, to get home and pack bags. Uh, we, there's, there's a really good children's hospital near us, AI DuPont, Wilmington, Delaware. But I guess our insurance didn't cover overnight stays there. And uh, so they said, you are covered up at CHOP in Philadelphia. So it ended up CHOP's you know, one of the top children's diabetes hospitals in the world. So yeah. we turned out lucky there. So, yeah, I, I packed my bag. Um, Carson's blood sugar was was 370-something. It wasn't, you know, crazy, but it was high. Um and yeah, we, we stayed there for three nights for the training. I, I was hands-on with the training, um, looking up glucose monitors and, and, uh, trying to figure insulin things out. pumps very early. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, after the first night, he, uh, his blood sugar the next morning was a, was a perfect 100. I remember that vividly. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? That a 370 now, what it meant to you oh. back then, you were just like, oh, is they tell me his blood sugar is high and he has diabetes and now, yeah. you know, bitch, it feels yeah. a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And that, now, now we start fretting over, you know, one, one eighty, two hundred. You know, it sounds like yeah. you guys caught it really quickly though. 370 is, you know, elevated obviously, but it, I mean, he was yeah. nowhere near DKA or anything like that. Don't yeah, no, he, he, he was, you know, perfectly fine. We were in there with another family whose, whose child was in, was in DKA and you know, that, that was scary. And I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I have my wife and she's able, you know, part of it is she's a stay at home mom. So she she's able to see those signs day in and day out. So that helped us a lot. Is he your only child or your, um, so he is our only child, but we do have custody of our seven year old niece, Sophia. So it, it's like we have two children, right? But he was your, uh, my point was it's the first baby your wife had raised. It wasn't. Yes. Well, she yes. did a good job too. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's got magic powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. can find diabetes and break professional quarterbacks' legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I, I just want to say one last time that um, the Eagles are terrible. I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm going to just come uh, out and say it right now. I don't. I, I can tell you all what happened, but I, I don't think anybody here wants to hear it, but I am, I am facing up to it. Um, they are uh, an absolutely pitiful football team, top to bottom. I uh, just think... But they're only like half a game out in the in the NFC. Well, so they're a pitiful football team in a pitiful division. <laughs> that's that's for certain. Um, 
Yeah, I know. Uh, they're, they're leaving the field. And the, the announcer is like, the Eagles are three, seven, and one or whatever they are. And he's like, they're still in it. <laughs> <laughs> if only they could win two games in a row, they'd be the champions. <laughs> a mess. Anyway. Um, okay, so your your 9-11 is not everybody else's 9-11 anymore. Yeah, and and yeah. somebody, you know, puts the specter of it over top of you just moments before you find out that yep. that's the case. It would have been nice if you would have said something like, uh, you know, I know some people who win the lottery on 9-11. Yeah, I, By the way, Chad, I, your phone's been ringing all morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won the Powerball, baby. Yeah. We're moving. People around you are magical, but they don't use their powers well at no, all. I know. No. So. Well, I... I I mean, Arden's, I guess by now we've hinted around it long enough that that is Arden's Children's Hospital chop in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. People must know by now listening. Um, but she was diagnosed in uh, Virginia because we were on vacation. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I've never had anything but but a good experience as a chop. And uh, they definitely are um, a classy hospital that, that, that's on the, you know, on the bend of the cutting edge, the, the way they mm-hmm. talk to people. I definitely think that um, uh, you, you lucked out going there, but I imagine that's not your hospital anymore. You don't make the trip every time. No, right? no, we, we still do. It's, it's, do it's less than an hour away. So no, no um, kidding. Yeah. Oh, we, we love it that much. Um, especially our, our diabetes educator, you know, that, that helped out a lot. Someone, someone walking in the room after your son's diagnosed and him being, diagnosed as well shout out to ken um you know just just seeing a, a healthy healthy man my age you know living breathing diabetes every day himself so makes you feel yeah. right yeah so your cde is a guy named ken and he has type yes. one yes oh. look at you ken doing good work making chad's family feel better very nice um i i the only thing about that place that i hate is parking at it and getting oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's especially yeah the Berger Center yeah you it's terrible to, you're just you're, I'm making laps I'm like that was it <laughs> I I had to place a pin on my on my Google Maps just so I know exactly where to go every time because I miss it you know every time well, and, Chad your thought your uh your child was lucky enough to be diagnosed in the age of you know cell phones I I had it scratched out on a piece of paper with a hand-drawn thing that a friend of mine who would work down there once was like, then you go around this corner and through this place here and you turn, I'm like, okay, <laughs> driving down my babies with me, my wife's back at work. I'm like, it's fine. Everything's fine. This is exactly how I planned life. It's going to be all right. Uh, never really felt all right, I guess. Um, but now it does, you know, and I think that's kind of important to say because I, I just recently was watching a newly diagnosed uh, family um, asks some questions online and it, it just occurred to me as they were speaking that so soon they won't feel like this and they don't, oh, yeah. re- and they don't realize it, you know, it's yeah. um, kind of sucks. So I, I started listening to your, you know, very first episodes. I think I'm up to 25, but uh, it, you know, just, it was just five years ago and that feel just, that feels like the stone age and, you know, they're progressing these families so much. Carson, he was diagnosed in September, and by um, the end of October, he was on a Dexcom G6. Um, by the beginning of November, we were testing out the Omnipod on him, and and December first, he was live with insulin in it. So you yeah. know, we we progress. You know, Chop was very good at progressing us very quick, and and by January first, he had his own cell phone. So <laughs> I do remember Arden being uh, 
in kindergarten with an iPhone and yeah. uh, every parent in the town hating me and my wife uh, for for causing that uproar. And, you know, was, <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's just you know, and it was funny. Like so, we all in the beginning we just wanted Arden to be able to call us from the bus. That was our whole. Yeah. That was our whole goal. And we took her to the store, and you know, no one was looking to buy Arden a, an expensive cell phone when she was five. <laughs> Trust me. Um, and we, you know, we're like these little flip phones that used to exist, and the little shells and the clamshells and everything. And we tried so hard in the store to teach her how to like use it, and she just. You know, the weird menus and she couldn't remember it and everything. But that, you know, you have to admit they threw that, that iPhone in front of her and five seconds later, she had the whole thing figured out and knew how to use it. We were like, <laughs> all right, well, here's your baby crack. And if you ever <laughs> feel dizzy on the bus, call daddy. <laughs> you know, it was pretty much the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But the other families were pissed. They were you know, just very unhappy that Arden was uh, wandering yeah. around with an iPhone. You know, she um, is 16. And yeah, uh, that, that, yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's, yeah, she's 11 in the, in the podcast I'm listening to. That's crazy. In the podcast you're listening to right now, she's 11. That's interesting. Yes. My point is she's 16. You know, she's never broken an iPhone. Really? Yep. She's had one since she was five. She's never broken one ever. I, I think I broke five when I was 25 alone, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I threw mine. I tried to put mine in my pocket the other day and for some reason just threw it at the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm getting old. I don't want to. And, and they're always within like three months after buying it brand new. Yeah, it's yeah. brand new. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, Chad, I, I do want to really dig in because I don't know many. Um, I mean, I, I guess, how do I want to put this? So I have access to the demographics of the private Facebook group for the podcast. And it's, you know, just a. it's obviously not everybody that listens and it's not everybody in the world. But I can tell you that overwhelmingly um, there are women in, in the group. Mm -hmm. Um, and the men that are in there are more likely to be type ones themselves. Yes. Not the fathers of type ones. A lot of fathers get added to the group by the mothers. Um, but I don't see them being active. I don't know that that doesn't mean that they're not watching because I can also see the analytics and a huge portion of the people who are Members of the group are active within the group every day, although a smaller percentage of them actually post and answer questions and stuff like that. It's, you know, the way the Internet mm -hmm. works, but it is incredibly uncommon to hear from men who don't have type one. Um, and I am aware of some type one groups for fathers of children with type one diabetes, and I don't spend much time in them at all. But the times I have looked they are more of a, I don't even know how to put it. It's like, the, like a relief valve. Yeah. It's, it's like the digital equivalent of getting together and yep. shooting or kicking or yelling at something. Yes. Is what it feels like. Yes. Um, and I, and I, I don't know, you know, psychologically, I don't know what that is. I'm sure we could easily dig in and, you know, go down the rabbit hole of boys are taught not to, you know, show their feelings and things like that or, yeah. or whatever. But it didn't strike you that way. It obviously didn't strike me that way. I was, um, you know, I, I, I don't ever talk about it on here very much, but in my book, I, I joke that I am really just too overly shy of being able to give birth because <laughs> I'm a lady basically, um, in a lot of ways, because I, I grew up through my mid twenties, thirties and forties, you know, being a, a stay at home parent. Um, and you know, became very evident very quickly that if, 
if my kids didn't have that that thing that my wife would have intrinsically known that I didn't really know um, that kind of care that it was going to be detrimental to them. So I just sort of threw myself into it, you know, completely head first. I just, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. So I don't, you know, I don't have that. When you see me share or hear me share on here, it's, it's a pretty direct valve right to my heart. I'm not, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. protecting my, how I, how I sound or anything like that. I'm, I'm not trying to, produce a, a veneer of, you know, masculinity. I, I, I've been over that for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you only have to be a stay at home dad before it's a thing. Uh, so long before you realize that, you know, you are the, um, the heel of a lot of, uh, of, you know, whispering, um, you know, in circles, I'm sure it's not like that any longer, but you know, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I think as you know, we, especially younger generations, um, you know, that, that, that will change with time. Having said that, Chad, if I, I could lean the other way for a second, let me, let me have 1980 Scott talk to you for a second. I don't see a ton of guys built like construction workers who are stay at home dads either. You no, know, six, no. four guys that could bench press a car that have just decided not to work. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but, um, they mostly look like me, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> Although I wish I was taller, but that's not the point. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm going to get your wife to wish for my height. <laughs> hell, I'd be happy if I could just get my phone back in my pocket. Could you tell her to just say out loud, you know, something about Scott always successfully putting his phone away? Magical work on me. Um, but you're a working guy. You know, you're not the stay at home. Is there no. something about you or how you grew up that made you want to be involved? So. I think being the being the only boy, um, surrounded by girls, and my my dad not around a lot, maybe maybe that helped deal with you know. Uh, Chad, you're a couple ovary shy of having a baby too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, it, it's too much. It'd be too much pain for me. I uh, I got so, I, I rarely get sick. I got sick a couple of years ago. Went to the doctor and and. Uh, I was like, I don't know, something's really wrong with me. And and the doctor somebody's Chad, you have a cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last week I got sick and I was on the sofa for four days. <laughs> Kelly's like, What's wrong? I'm like, I feel a little flush. And when I turn my head too fast, I feel dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I once passed out over I mean, I swear I almost cut off my my thumb. Um, my wife says it was just a it's a paper cut, but I guess I almost passed out. So <laughs> it's so funny i've really been injured in my life like really really mm-hmm. injured and that i've handled fine yes like i've i've if you ever meet me look for the scar on my left hand that goes midway through my thumb down into my palm and like i filleted my hand open and that <laughs> i i handled completely fine um i've had welder's flash where i went blind for a few days that i handled completely fine i've had a giant molten uh a piece of steel fall into my boot. And of course I couldn't get to it quickly enough. So the moisture in my foot put it out and uh, like just burned a hole right into the top of my foot. That's fine. Rip my ankle apart that I handled fine. If I get a little woozy when I turn my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's why I told her. I said I was kneeling down looking at the cut and then I stood up too fast and all the blood just rushed to, you know, at, as you get older, when you stand up too fast, you, you get lightheaded. <laughs> Chad, you got the vapors. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. 
you have, a, you have an 1860 illness. You just have been overcome. That's all. Uh, exactly. So you grew up in a family where your father wasn't around a ton. You had a bunch of sisters and a mom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so, do you feel that, like you that, have that, that more kind of caretaker vibe about you? Yeah, I do. I, you know, I, um, things, things around the house, like household chores are, are pretty 50 50 as much as they can be with the, with the time a lot, you know, with my eight hours spent at the job. Um, what, what did help out with, with caring for cars was, I've, you know, six months after diagnosis, coronavirus hits our streets and I was at home with the family day in and day out. And also I had this master's project, um, to finish my master's and it revolved around just tracking all the, the different elements to type one diabetes. Um, it was just a blueprint of a, of a system. And I devoted a lot of research and, and time into that. So I, I was learning about type one a lot. And, and during that time, I really was able to dig into like Carson's numbers and, you know, fine tune adjustments with that. What's your background in? Um, systems engineering. Oh, do you have that classic engineering brain? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that helped out tre- tremendously with, with Carson's diagnosis. And then my wife, she's an accountant. She's a, she, well, she has a degree in accounting. Um, she, you know, she, she's good with numbers herself. So that, that helped out tremendously. And you find that valuable. And so you, like your management is going really well, right? For Carson. Oh yeah. Yeah. So within, uh, within six months, Carson was under seven a one C and at the year mark, he was under six. See, that's so we, I want to pick through that a little bit because my experience talking to people, there's, there's certain buckets I'm finding people falling in the more and more experiences I have. For instance, I've said recently, um, nurses tend to struggle a lot with being the caregivers of people with type one diabetes, which is fascinating. There's something about how they're trained and what mm-hmm. they do day to day that doesn't mesh with the part of type one that's more style and, you know, than than math. Um, yes. And I've now seen that so many times. I'm willing to say that out loud. I'm not saying, you know, nurses can't figure it out. I'm just saying that they struggle. They, they, they feel like they have a natural built in roadblock. But I've also noticed that uh, people with engineering backgrounds seem to find their own way through it. It's not ever classically um mathematical and it's not usually um completely like the way i talk about it they find their own way so what did yeah you, what did you do and our our, our that's funny you say that because our diabetes educate i remember at the six month mark um you know carcelin's on a low basal rate just because of his size and like like all night he's at 0.1 units well he was going high a few nights and you know, the, the problem with that size is you can only increase by 50% more insulin and that's not really needed. So we, we kind of, we, we throw in some random 0.15s into his di- nightly basal rate or, you know, every other hour and, you know, his diabetes educators like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, this is off. And I was like, Hey, it works. You know? Yeah. I'm bumping and nudging with basal is what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, have you looked into, are you interested in Omnipod five when it comes out You're using Omnipod? So are you yes. going to go to an algorithm? Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. But I've read that, you know, he, I, I think there's an age requirement to it. Five or six years old. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm, 
listen, I'm not sure, but historically doctors can write things off label for use and it's been okay. done with diabetes and kids forever. I would think it would be more about you uh, exhibiting that you could handle it. Yes. And, yeah. And that would be that. I'm I'm looking at Arden's blood sugar right now. It's funny. It's 94. She's in class. And um, there's part of me that just is uh, it's like, I wonder why it's not 89. <laughs> 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 just ridiculous. Right. Um, but but it's it's um, and I don't and I wouldn't I would interestingly come to some conclusion like the one you did, except I don't think about it in any of the terms you did. Like, I'm sure you were very just like, well, we'll, you know, we'll do this, you know, we'll do a little bit here and then move it up and move it down and move it up and move it down. And and that'll keep the balance. By the way, that's kind of brilliant, Chad, being able to see, you know, because when I say things like, you know, basil doesn't like when you make a change to your basil, it doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. Um, You could make the leap in your head that if I just stagger it, then every Mm -hmm. once in a while we'll get a little bit of a push down but it won't be enough to make him low. Yes. And then you tried it, which is yeah. huge. Cause I spoke to someone yesterday on the phone and um, she's like, I, I don't know what's wrong. My daughter's uh, blood sugar has been high since she moved to an insulin pump and people want to blame the pump right away. Like when we were on MDI, yeah. it was fine. And now it's this pump and you know, it's so high. So I'm asking my questions, picking through it. I said, what was her uh, total basal on MDI? And she said, uh, 13 units a day. And I said, and, you know, show me your basal rates now. We added them up and it was eight units. Yeah. And I said, uh, I think we found the problem, Yeah. Uh, you know? And, uh, she's like, no, but she gets low. I'm like, yeah, but, and then that's when the explanation starts. And it's such a simple thing that I'll say it here. Yeah. A lot of you experience lows make the reasonable determination that you have too much insulin. That's why you got low for some reason, take it out of the basal every time. Yeah. Then blood sugars trend up because you don't have enough basal insulin, which causes you to have to bolus too much at meals, but you probably can't bring yourself to do it. So you under bolus a meal, the meal shoots up, the pressure of the high blood sugar gets to you, you correct it. And then as the corrections working, the food, digests out of the system. There's nothing there to hold up the number. You crash down. And instead of seeing that process, you turn your basal down more. Yeah. Which just makes it worse. It's the exact yeah. opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. We, we're, yeah. I about to say we, we changed probably the bolus numbers for, uh, for food more than, more than, you know, we'll see a trend over three days and be like, all right, well, Something, something's obviously up and we will we'll change his food ratio. I think one of the most important things that we do that ends up being difficult for people to wrap their heads around and, and to implement because there's no real rule to it is the part where you, you know, just understand the impact of the food. I mean, this podcast yeah. forced me to talk about glycemic load and glycemic index <laughs> because you people wouldn't listen to me when I just said, just bolus what you think the plate needs. Learn from yeah. last time and do it again. That really mm-hmm. is how I do it. I look at a plate and I go, it's this much. If it doesn't work, I make a correction. Next time she eats that food, I take what we bolus plus the correction and I put it in. Now, yeah. I hear from people, Scott, I can't remember all that. I have a job, you know, and so, and I, I don't not understand that. But that's why one day I said to Jenny, 
I we got to talk about glycemic load and glycemic index as much as I don't want to, because that's not how I want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, the podcast got so big that I was like, I have a responsibility here. I just you know now I have to now I have to do it. So you guys are forcing me to learn more things <laughs> and think about things differently because you're you're being resistant and not listening to me. And I I have enough of that with my children. If someone would just listen, Chad, when I speak, that would be lovely. I, I just want one person not to argue with me, just to go, hey, the guy said do this, let's just do it. Um, but that's an incredibly important part because, you know, as I explained to anybody out that'll sit still and listen or who asks, 10, you, you know, 10 carbs of one food doesn't impact your blood yeah. sugar the same way as 10 carbs of another food. And you can't just act like it does and then go, oh, I don't know what happened. I counted the carbs. You, you can't do that. Um, but man, people do it. So, yeah. And, and that's like a lot of what like our extended family doesn't, doesn't understand. Uh, my wife's sister the other day, you know, they were talking about getting pizza and my, my wife was just like, uh, shaking her head and, and, you know, she had explained, yeah, you can have pizza, but it just means we're up till 12 midnight, 1 a.m. chasing protein and fat and stuff. Yeah. So. You, you hear somebody talking about pizza at seven o'clock and you start thinking about what you're. Yeah. Been, what am I binge watching right now? Am I going to enjoy that? Will I be able to yeah. follow it when I'm yeah. tired? Uh, <laughs> I have a I always have a binge watch going that's easy to watch and one that's more. um that you have to focus on more. And I know at at a certain time, like right now I'm watching Deadwood, but the dialogue is so thick with like old timey euphemisms. Like you really have to pay attention to, to follow along. So I don't, I don't do that one after about 10 PM. (laughs) (laughs) I need something more poppy, you know, something a little more fillery after 10 so I can pay attention. But it is interesting, isn't it? When someone mentions pizza, you start doing the math in your head. I could probably, yep. if this goes right, I could probably go to bed by midnight. If it goes wrong, I'm going to be up till two. Yep. I got to get up in the morning at seven to go to work. Is there any chance we could just have a a, a, a nice wrap with a? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could put a tomato in it and sprinkle some cheese on top. It'll be just like pizza. <laughs> yeah, that sucks, man. Oh my god. And and you're you know. It's understandable that other people don't think about it that way. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I, I, I have a, I have a cousin with type one, and I had, you know, I had before his diagnosis, and I, I had very little knowledge of what even like type one was from type two, and and all I knew about diabetes was Walter Brimley in the diabetes commercial. So you know, so little bit about it. You called him Walter Brimley, and it's Wilford Brimley. Oh well, there you go. I don't know if you know the story about Wilford Brimley. Um, his mom named him after a very famous uh, sports star and uh, then realized everyone was going to call the name uh, Wilford to everybody. So she killed him. And uh, that's why he's <laughs> the only Wilford you've ever heard of. Oh, <laughs> it's back in 1850. It's a very long time wow. ago. They uh, pushed him down a mine, called it a prospecting accident. So it's a very sad story. But. He got to be the only Wilford. So, and look how it didn't help him because you called him Walter. Walter. <laughs> how many Walters do you know in 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 your life? Uh, one. Yeah, I know two, and one of them's from Mash. So that's not a real person; that's a character. <laughs> and they called him Radar anyway. So, really, nobody called him Walter ever. Do people watch Mash? I don't imagine they do. It must not be funny anymore. My 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 father watched it a lot growing up. How old's your dad now? He is 62. That's making me feel bad about liking MASH. I got to be honest with you. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, don't start watching MASH now because it, it was, had a, a 70s aesthetic where you'll just look and go, this isn't funny. And I'm just, I'm watching it. And, um, you know, I remember watching it when I was 12. So um, anyway, yeah, that's not, if you want a television recommendation, Justified is terrific. Justified. Oh, Write that down. God, Justified. I'm enjoying Deadwood. I've gone into the modern Western phase of my life for some reason right now. I just watched a terrible show on Netflix called Longmire that I, I loved way more than I should have. Um, And what's the one with Kevin Costner right now that I really enjoyed? It's almost like a like an eve. Like they used to call them like uh, nighttime soap operas the way they were. I'm, I sound like my grandmother right now. <laughs> Hold on a second. And I'll tell you the name of my story. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> oh my God. I'm old. I don't, I don't recognize it completely, but I am. Um, Kevin Costner's new. Why well, can oh, all of a sudden I don't know how to use Google either. Hold on. I have no idea. What are you? Yellowstone. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. So good. Not good in a way like, you know, Hamlet. Not saying that. Um, it's just, you know, they kill a lot of people for no good reason. And there's pretty landscapes. There you go. <laughs> that's that's my high bar for television. <laughs> Yellowstone. Yeah. Are you writing it down? Yeah. If you hate it, don't Se- blame me. 75% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. To me, that when I see something like that, I'm so jaded about the internet. What I think is that it got popular, so they hired a bunch of people to go on and leave bad reviews for it. Like, Well, that that's a good review. So I, I used to think that about, good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good review. Wait, does that mean that 75% of the people like it? Yeah. I, I used to think that about Rotten Tomatoes. I thought the more Rotten Tomatoes you got, the, the worse it was. But no, it, it it is a it's a good thing. Wow, way to make something yeah. that's um so confusing that yes. someone can't follow it. <laughs> what a business model! <laughs> it must be the same person who came up with insulin sensitivity number going down as it down. gets stronger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, maybe that is why. All right, if the person who made Rotten Tomatoes is listening, I want to understand where that rating came from. Please call. Um, I would like to know. So Chad, like I, I really want to dig into how it feels like to, to, um, to realize you've, you're being excluded in your child's care. It, it, it's very frustrating. Um, especially it is a, a toddler, a giant toddler to, to keep his numbers that, you know, that good and stuff. Uh, I just kind of, so, so that, that kind of happened, uh, early on our last visit um you know it it kind of involved me more just because well my my wife for one told him she's like hey chad's chad's behind a lot of these numbers a lot of these changes um and at that time i think we were having too many lows so we were kind of seeking you know some advice on on what to do but it was also summer so you know, who, who knows? It seemed like once fall hit his, his knee for insulin went down, but, uh, it, it's just frustrating to, you know, um, it's almost like I'm invisible in there and, and maybe it's just because the, the normal household, the, the father is 
putting in a lot of hours each week and you know they they just don't have the time for to and to to review you know numbers and go over treatment and stuff um you know i was able to dive in deeper just because of coronavirus and me working from home pretty much all summer I'm, i'm back in the office now and i'm you know less hands off right now because I'm at work, but you know, I, I still call in daily to see how things are going. And so it would um, have just in general been nice if the physician would have added the extra sentence to say, Hey, you know, how are you guys dividing care here? Um, yes. And not just, just immediately disregard Assume. you. I have to tell you as you're, as you're explaining that I put, I tried to put myself in, a classic woman's position in most of history. And I thought, Ben, this must be how women feel when people talk to their husbands and not to them, which I'm yeah. sure happens to ladies far, far more frequently than it happens to guys. Um, so yeah, you might've just, you know, you know experienced a little bit of uh, a reversal of that. Wow. You know, yeah, I mean? that, that just tricked my mind too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, it, it's, 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 you were finally in the scenario where people of power look to the female in the pairing and say, this must be the person in charge. And it struck you really poorly, badly mm-hmm. enough, by the way, that you were willing to write an email to a podcast and want to come on and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if women stuck up for themselves like that podcast would be, uh, would oh. be very interesting with, People yes. saying, you know, I go into places and, you know, I go, we, I went to a bank to get a mortgage and they talk to my husband and, you know, I make more money than he does and it doesn't seem to matter. And, you know, <laughs> all the, the crap that girls go through. Plus they get their periods. It really isn't fair. Yeah. I, um, uh, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. No, like. no, it's terrible. I try to joke about it here, uh, but it, no, it's never received well. Uh, I'll have to be honest with you. And Arden is very, um, like, you know, anytime Arden has her period and she'll just be like, leave me alone. Like, she's very like out front about it. She's like, this is not the time for you to be talking to me about this. I'm like, okay. It's like, wow, interesting tactic. My wife spent years telling me I'm the same no matter what. I'm like, I don't think you are, but I'll, I'll go with you. Arden's just like, I am not the same. Leave me alone. I'm like, oh, geez, excellent. At least she's sticking up for herself and she's, uh, She's out in front of it, but no, seriously, you girls have to carry babies and mm-hmm. that period thing really seems like a horror. I'm not going to lie. <sighs> yeah. You know? Um, and I just, I don't mean the act of it. I mean like having to go through it and the pain and the hormonal changes and just watching how you have to adjust Arden's insulin for different, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't mean times of the month like that, but, but honestly like different weeks in the month are, you know, completely different. I was talking to, um, a listener from England yesterday trying to help her with uh, her basil. And, uh, and I said, okay, now will this just work like for, you know, this week, you know, aren't you basically like two or three different people through the month diabetes wise you're And I, then, I, then I, now I'm like embarrassed. I've never spoken to her before. And I'm like, you know, you're like the ovulating you, you're like the, yeah. you know, almost there you and the actual event you. And uh, she's like, yeah, I guess that's right. And so then we talked about how to, you know, move her um, correction ratios and her basal and stuff like that as her body is looking for more insulin and how to recognize when it, it and very suddenly happens, at least to Arden, needs to go back to the original setting. 
So it's, you know, trust me, at least Carson doesn't have to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my eyes are like glazed over just, just <laughs> thinking about that. It really, it, it, if you, if you can wrap your head around it, it, once you can see it, then it's just about the, the telltale signs. And then you see the signs and make the change. Now, obviously with a glucose monitor, way easier to see those signs oh, yeah. because the signs yeah. really just are, um, more difficult to bring down after a meal if it goes high, uh, looking like your insulin to carb ratio has gone up a little bit for meals and that your basal has gone up. So as I see that happening, there's little turns of the dials we make, make make the insulin stronger, stronger, stronger. But then as the um, as as Yahtzee happens, as as it, as the uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like the event is the event weird? I just want to say bleeding, but. That seems wrong, so my mind can't find words. In case anyone's wondering what's happening inside of my head, um, as that happens, as soon as that happens, I guess then the insulin needs for Arden go backwards. She needs less. Where I've heard the the exact opposite from other people, but the the truth is, is once it happens, it happens, um, and you just kind of follow along with it. Now, if I left it to Arden, you know would probably take her days to see oh my blood sugar's been high and you know i don't think she'd see it yeah. as quickly as i do but anyway so you, chad let's let's go over a couple of things you don't like being treated the way women have been treated throughout history it makes you upset no. <laughs> i think no. i think that you didn't realize that i was going to turn this around on you like this which i didn't plan on doing when we started no, talking <laughs> I, I, and I, I i'm gonna go through my wife's email see if she's been talking to you or something <laughs> I just told you, I'm like, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a mom at heart. I started to, I started defending the other side of like, you know, this is what happens to me (laughs) because I guess now that we're talking about it, it is what happens to me having been a a stay at home dad in a situation like that. I, my most vivid memories of it happened around my kids' sports where the men, you know, which you would think I'd be a party of, but which by the way of, you know, I live in a, a town where. A lot of people love baseball and softball. This town has won the Little League World Series for softball multiple times. So wow. sports are a big deal around here. And my son is one of the only children from this town who plays baseball in college. You might think I know a little something about it. But <laughs> when the um, when those collections of guys, coaches or fathers would happen, I was excluded like I was a mom. Wow. And, and it, it's, you know, no one ever once cared for my opinion about what was, even when they were sitting around sharing opinions, if I spoke, it was like, oh, look, Scott wants to say something and I, I'm okay with it now, but it happened constantly. Maybe mm-hmm. I really did see that side of it because of my own experience just now. When you're, and I'm not, I'll just bleep this out, Chad. I'm not shitting on you for feeling that way. Like I understand yeah. how you feel it, to be excluded like that. But I think that this generation would call that male privilege. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't call it that because I'm 50 almost and I hate all the. <laughs> but modern. maybe I'm considered a millennial. So, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, That's how yeah. you would think of it. Yeah. I don't use words like woke and privilege and things like that in my life. I just <laughs> think that, you know, things are shitty. <laughs> and sometimes people are. You know, it doesn't oh, it yeah. doesn't need a branding. It really is the Internet that forced us to brand like basic concepts of life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Male privilege just used to be called people didn't treat women well. That's, you know, um, and that's still what's happening, by the way, except now it has a name. 
Nah, so, a term, so yeah. fancy. Chad, Chad, are you very worried that this episode is going to be called Chad has male privilege? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'll embrace it. You yeah. know? <laughs> don't worry. That's not the way I'm going. Huh. I just it occurred to me as a listener, you might right now be going, what is he going to call this episode? Am I, I, I don't give my I. <laughs> You don't have my, you don't have my, uh, you can't use this anymore. Stop and just hang up out of nowhere. Um, but no, I, I think it's interesting because it happens to, I see it happen to men in this situation constantly. Um, and, and I see how it affects them. It makes them feel badly. When I see guys talking about it privately, their feelings are hurt. They know, they know that their wives don't trust them with their kids um, you know, moreover, um, they know that they don't have as much information and that they're not doing as much for their children as they want to be, uh, around the medical decisions. Mm -hmm. And it's really hurtful to them. You know, I can see that because I am a guy. I mean, the way they come off, you'd never, yeah. you know, from a, from a female perspective, they just, we just look like idiots. You know what I mean? Like just ranting children, but I can, (laughs) I can see it you know, for what it is, because I felt that way too, and don't do a good job of expressing myself. So, you know, for as good of a job as I do of expressing myself on the podcast around diabetes, I'm still a guy in my personal life and I still screw it up in my personal life constantly. (laughs) You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm forever thinking to myself, that's not what I meant. Why did I say that? You ever have that feeling, Chad? Oh, uh, (laughs) 17 times a day. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what I meant. Why did I say it that way? Um, yeah, so and I don't think that's an easy thing for a, a person of the opposite sex to to appreciate, just as I don't <laughs> understand what the hell my wife's talking about sometimes. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I see it. So for ladies listening, I I've tried to say this throughout the podcast a number of different ways, but I don't think your husbands are disinterested. I think they're um, concerned they're going to mess something up. Or just mm-hmm. intrinsically believe that you're better at it than they are, and so they don't want to get in the way. Or some of them are lazy. I mean, some of them are playing, you know, yeah. PlayStation. I get that. But also, we do stuff like that sometimes so that we don't have to be put in the position to fail. Guys, yeah. guys aren't good at failing. Um, not that anybody is, but we take it pretty badly when it's hardwired in you that you're supposed to go outside, clunk something over the head, drag it back to the house so we can eat it, and if we don't, we all die. Um, you know, when you can't do those things, it's, uh, it's depressing a little bit, you know, uh, but luckily you don't have to feel like that around the diabetes. That's yeah. That's pretty cool. it, but it is, it is also difficult kind of co-parenting, co-managing. Um, you know, me and my wife had, had our arguments over, over what to do. Nothing, nothing really heated, just kind of, you know, you know, I just, Hey, can we feed them something different or, you know, dose differently but uh but you know it's been fine and it so far it's worked out well around here the biggest the longest fight has been pre-bolusing so yeah not that everybody doesn't understand how important it is but the people who aren't me are not as diligent about it and i have just been steadfastly just banging that drum and they they've gotten so much better at it but and by they i'm obviously speaking around my wife uh my son's not bolusing hard for anything uh we're talking about food with her um and she's just busy she's a busy person she works Mm -hmm. you know a lot and 
you know, just like you hear everybody else say, like, it's hard to think a half an hour before a meal, hey, where's my blood sugar? What should I be doing right now? Or an hour before, you know, let's correct this 120 now so that yeah. it's easier at dinner time, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just, you know, I'm like, and I, but I don't always say it nicely. Like, I'm way nicer to you people than I am to my own family. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, so um, I'm just like, come on could someone pre bolus like I, I i i sometimes i'm like if i leave the house for an hour and i come back i'll look at Arden and, and i'll go because i left your blood sugar doesn't get to go up 50 points <laughs> like like you're making me feel like but here's the other side of it it makes me feel like i have to stay here and that's not fair to me right like i shouldn't i shouldn't have to feel like that like everybody can take their little piece of it mm-hmm. um but I, I don't know. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think that in general, some ways that men act could easily be misunderstood for apathy when I think it's more that we just don't want to screw things up very badly. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, yeah I, I think I think that's 100 percent correct. Um, and 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 some of those like those diabetes dads groups on, on like Facebook and other um, they, you know, there's not most of the dads are very outspoken and they kind of know what they're doing just because they're part of the group. But there are a few dads out there that, you know, seeking advice and looking for, Hey, my, my wife wants me to help out more and just, you know, kind of step one, you know, ask them for help on step one. So, yeah, well, it's also hard to ask people for help when you don't sometimes know what it is you need them to do. Yeah. You know, and I think that can happen too, where sometimes it's like, I need help because this isn't going the way I want it to. And then Mm -hmm. you're now going to enlist another person who has not been involved, who doesn't know anything about it to try to figure out the things you couldn't figure out while you're involved. Um, And and then that's just, then you've let them down, you know? And then that's really the interplay I'm talking about is that, you know, I, I know we don't talk about the world like this much anymore, but it's still true. Like, you know, like for most people, there's expectations you have of your spouse and when that person doesn't come through, you might not consciously think, oh, I picked the loser. You, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. but they're inside your brain somewhere. Is going, mm, a need has been let down. She or he was supposed to do this thing. They don't do it. And now I have a, a, you know, a lesser feeling about the decision I've made. And that's how 25 years later you end up going, could you get out of here, please? <laughs> and we're all trying to avoid that. Um, and so people defend themselves by not putting themselves in positions where they can let their spouses down. And then you get this, which is you feel like you've been left alone to take care of diabetes by a person who doesn't care when really what happened is very likely that person just very badly doesn't want to let you down, you know, and they don't know what to do. And not everybody figures it out like Chad did. Um, cause not everybody gets an engineer's brain and COVID-19 to sit around the house and stare at their newly yep. diagnosed kid. <laughs> stare at numbers. Yeah. Seriously. If you were at work doing that, if, if, if it wasn't for COVID, you might not be as involved. No, no. But, uh, so he, he was put on the bump pump in December and, you know, at that time we were kind of scared to death of insulin, you know, scared of giving too much. Sure. And, uh, Christmas, Christmas night. Um, we were back at chop just because there was a stomach, he had a stomach bug and an ear infection and he wasn't eating and he was vomiting and his, his blood sugar was through the roof and uh, ketones. So we ended up back at chop and that, that kind of, you know, that kind of scare 
made us less afraid of insulin. And then, then we started listening to your podcast and it's just like, you know, um, you know, we weren't, I, I, I didn't want to be back in that situation again. So, so it took, it took a kind of a DKA thing to take your fear. All you really did was shift your fear to the other side of the scale. Yes. Right. You were scared of being low right until you saw what happens when you got high and you're like, okay, let's be scared of that instead. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that's, that really is the game. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it really is. It's, it's to, it's to realize that none of this is, you know, completely baby proof safe. Yeah. And what side of the game are we going to play in? Are we going to play in the side where if we do things right, you know, we're going to have these, these successes that lead to better health, or are we going to, you know, we're going to go on the other side where doing it right just means an elevated blood sugar, but nobody gets low. So yeah, that's the trade-off. And I think that really is in most people's minds. Like that's the trade-off they're making. I'm the one who's saying, and hopefully other people listening are thinking that you, that that's, um, uh, that's not a, that's not a real decision that has to be made. You don't, it isn't either, or it isn't either be, you know, have an A1C in the sixes and get low a lot or have an A1C in the sevens or eights and never get low. I don't think that's the case. I think people who have A1Cs in the sevens and eights get low too. I think they get yes. low more viciously than people who have their insulin so well balanced that they can sit in a five A1C. Mm-hmm. Um, Arden doesn't get low. Like, like in a scary way, I don't think she's had a scary low. I mean, I don't remember one in the last couple of years, you know, and by that, I mean like, oh my God, get juice. She's going to die. Drink this, drink this, drink like yeah. that kind of stuff. Like I, I don't remember that happening anymore because her insulin's so well dialed in that aside of a real anomaly that just, it almost can't happen. Yeah, you know and I mean? and with with her age, I, I'm guessing she needs a lot more insulin now. It, it's it's easier for for you guys to fine tune that. You know, you can you can adjust by five percent, ten percent. So yeah, you're not going from a point oh five to a point oh a point one. one yeah. doubling his insulin. Yeah, <laughs> I've doubled his insulin by giving him a tenth of a unit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that that's not the case. Well, you know, this is a a, a really tough time. And you're right, it will get easier as body weight comes and yeah. the difference between, you know, a half a unit and a unit's not really that great anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've come to realize that in the last year or so, it used to take, if I had to make a wild bolus to break a, a stuck blood sugar, it was two units for Arden. Like if Arden's blood wow. sugar was 170 and it wouldn't move, like I could give her two units to break it free. That's more like three units now. Wow. So, um, I keep wondering when, uh, when it's going to be more and more, we actually, Chad, let's, uh, let's tell a story here. <clears throat> so at Thanksgiving, um, we, uh, we, we screwed up at Thanksgiving for all of my, I put up a Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> I got literally hundreds of thank yous afterwards about, Oh my God, my Thanksgiving was so much better because of this episode. <laughs> Mine wasn't <laughs> so, uh, because I was up cooking all morning. Arden's blood sugar was terrific. She's upstairs getting a slow start to the day. She's up. And my wife's family has a tradition of making these terrible um, cinnamon buns on holiday mornings. And I say terrible because they're packaged and there's just nothing. It's just sugar and wrapped in more sugar with some sugar. And um, I know how to bowls for them. It's not a big deal. But there's like 55 carbs in one of them. 
And I text Arden. I say, hey, mom's putting those cinnamon buns in the, you know, the oven now. And Arden's blood sugar is like 95. Like, I was, you know, I'm like, so why don't you bowl us 10 carbs right now? And then, you know, we're going to do a little more in a little bit and blah, blah, blah. So she says, okay, she bowls us the 10 carbs. And I text her a little while later as the cinnamon buns are getting closer. I was like, now I want you to put in seven units. And I figured out the carbs for it to, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, but I want to get seven units going right now. Keep in mind that by the time this is over for this freaking cinnamon bun, I'm going to need to give her like 14 units of insulin because it's just like <laughs> no one should be eating these things. I want to be yeah. clear. Right. And so I said seven units. She goes, I can't. And I'm like, what? Just give yourself seven units. And she's like, no. And I'm like, will it not let you? So now like I'm running through like all the things that I'm not sure. Like, why can't she just give herself insulin? And she finally texts back. I'm out of insulin. The pump's almost empty. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, okay. And then I was like, all right, come downstairs. We'll change your pump real quick. But we're going to inject this other insulin. Mm Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like I'm being slick and we have some fiasp left from when we tried the fiasp. I'm like, well, you know, I wonder if I can't do this in a way where she won't have to wait and she can still eat this, this cinnamon bun. Well, I draw up a lot of insulin in a, in a syringe. It's like 10 units. Right. And Arden's never gotten a syringe with more than probably like two or three units in it. So she goes, whoa, 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 what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I was, and so I explained the whole thing to her and she goes, makes sense, but wow, that's a lot of insulin in that syringe. And I said, yeah, I'm like, you know, my buddy growing up as an adult would give himself sometimes like 30 or 40 units of that insulin, that old insulin he used to use in, in this big syringe. And she's like, it was like full. And I was like, yeah, she's like, well, and then she couldn't imagine it. Like, I think she thought it was going to just run out of her body when we pushed the plunger down. (laughs) Seriously, she, she couldn't, she couldn't like wrap her head around it. So we put it in and I was like, see, it stayed in. She goes, huh? <laughs> She's really stunned, you know? And, um, and I had it like I, I did, I did it. I, I really did for 45 minutes after she ate that cinnamon bun, her blood sugar was 110. I was like, I am a genius. Those people are right. <laughs> you know? And then suddenly, boom, it was not enough. And Uh-oh. the one thing I didn't account for because I had used what I thought was enough fiasp was that, you know, when you put a new pop pump site on your basil's not working, you don't have yeah. that, that pressure. I, I needed to bolus for the basil and I didn't. So Arden's blood sugar got out ahead of me twice over the next hour and a half. I, I, I cut it down at one fifty, and, but then I went back to cooking and then the next thing I knew what I thought was falling did that you, you know that little hump yeah. on the dexcom it starts heading down then it rolls around and comes back up yeah. again right that happened um i had to be more aggressive i stopped it at 180 and then i had to i had to hit it again because she got up to like two 220 or something like that so it's all just because the insulin was you know it was messed up the delivery of the insulin was all messed up because we yeah. literally i changed for clarity we changed an insulin pump and immediately went into a cinnamon pot. And I had enough hubris to think I could do it, uh, but I was, I, I missed. Um, but once I saw that happening, I said to Kelly, I'm like, I'm not messing with this. And I, I gave her a lot of insulin. Like I, I put her blood sugar into a fall on purpose. 
and then caught it so that the rest of Thanksgiving wouldn't be ruined. So if you yeah. see Arden's 24-hour graph for Thanksgiving, it's fascinating because she's between <laughs> 70 and like 100 for, you know, 21 hours. And then there's this like mountain in the middle that I don't usually see. Six Flags uh, roller coaster. Yeah, it's worse. It's like free fall. It's a, <laughs> it, it went up so sharply and came down so sharply, you couldn't even call it a roller coaster. Um, but I, I, to me, the key is that as badly as it all went, I knew what to do at every step of the way, and mm-hmm. I never made her low. You know, and that to me is like, um, that's how I know I'm good at it. Like she didn't yeah. get low afterwards ever. And then right away, boom, the rest of the day was right back where I expected it to be again. I got the insulin in where it needed to be. I cleared out the carbs and right back in the game. Um, I was proud of it, actually, by the time it was over. I was disappointed and then proud. It was a, a weird feeling. Oh, uh, with the cinnamon bun. Oh, my God. They're the worst. Like, I don't know who makes them Pillsbury or something. They come in like that cardboard. Yeah. Roll. Like, you literally should not eat it. <laughs> It's just bad for you. And my uh, my father was recently diagnosed with type two, and uh, he cleared out his fridge, and I think like he brought over two two of those cans. Yeah, it's like we can't use these. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Dad, this is this is why you you, you were just diagnosed with type two. Yeah, you're you're asking too much of your system, Dad, and this <laughs> right here is you asking too much of it. And I want to be clear, like, you know, Arden has one of those cinnamon buns like on Thanksgiving morning and Christmas morning, and yeah. that's really the only time of year she ever has, has them. Um, and I eat one of them, and I have to be honest with you, it, it was sugarific. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why marketers don't just go right for it and just say, yeah. oh, my God, so much sugar. You're going to love this. Uh, it's, you know, crack, but in food is what it should say, you know, but it's just all processed food and which even makes it worse. Like the carbs are like, if you counted the carbs on those muffins and just bolus the carbs, I don't see how your blood sugar wouldn't be 500. Yeah. You know, so oh, probably higher. Yeah. Just it. I, I it's just insane how how impactful that those that is. And, you know, definitely tells me don't eat it. And I don't just mean if you have diabetes. I just mean in general. This is clearly yeah. this is clearly not okay. <laughs> yeah, once or twice a year, and and yeah. yeah, that's it. And still, be prepared to be a little dopey afterwards. You know, from the <laughs> yeah. all the yeah. insulin that your body's going to be really, even if you don't have type one, just all the <laughs> insulin your, your body's going to be releasing, you're going to be tired as hell. Um, Chad, is there anything that we we didn't talk about that you wanted to? Um. I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. We covered football, um, menstruation cycles of teenage girls. Um, uh, Everything you thought you were going to talk about today as you you got on about your two-year-old little boy would type what you... Male privilege. That's right. I'm going to call this episode Boys Have Feelings. What do you think of that? Boys have... I like it. (laughs) And my wife wants me to talk about more of my my feelings. She, She was saying the other day, there was a children's cancer uh commercial on and you know i I started getting teary-eyed and stuff and she's told me i love when you cry yeah (laughs) i don't believe them chad and i've just lumped everything together yeah yeah hold on a second all right we're down a rabbit hole here chad um (laughs) i have always been a sensitive kid like as growing up and i'm a sensitive adult and you know i'll i'll cry at almost any movie adulation from a group um 
in a film will make me cry every time. Like when they let Rudy play, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I just start crying. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to let him play. He works so hard. And you know, <laughs> they're going to let him in. It's going to be something, you know, the uh, high school puts a video up of, you know, the, the kid that helps with the team who's disabled mm-hmm. and they let him run a touchdown back. I'm just crying. Yeah. Like, just, just so you know, <laughs> people come on the podcast and say the podcast helps them. I'm like, okay, it's good. Thanks. You know, um, so I've always been that person. I'm also not not masculine in other ways, but I don't think I don't think they mean it. I think they <laughs> not everybody. I'm not I shouldn't say they, like I'm generalizing every woman on the planet, but in general, <laughs> I just said I shouldn't generalize. And then I followed up with in general. But in general, I think you do want to see people open up a little bit, but there's a mm-hmm. there's a line. Yeah. Where I do think there's some hard wiring in you that's like, that's the guy I need to, you know, kill the thing and drag it back to the house. Like, he can't yeah. be crying all the time. Uh, <laughs> I killed a deer. Like, you know, that's not what you're looking for. Yeah. You're looking for, hey, it's out front on the step. Let's cut the skin off and eat this thing. Um, and, and you know, I, I don't <clears throat> I don't disagree that being vulnerable is a bad thing in a in a personal relationship i think you should be and i am but i do think you pay uh, a masculine tax for it yeah if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i do think you lose some points somewhere else in the back of somebody's brain and not all the time maybe but once you turn into me and you're just like you know you you ever see that horrible movie life as a house you haven't because it's terrible no but (laughs) It's it's. I'll the, look it up real quick. Yeah, How many ca- rotten tomatoes do you think it is? Yeah, it's it's got a lot of rotten something. It's about somebody who has cancer. I don't really remember the whole thing. All I can tell you is my wife wanted to see it. I was like, I don't want to go see this terrible movie, but I went with her because I'm a good guy. And we're in the theater, and the lights are coming up at the end. And she looks and she was like, "Are you crying?" <laughs> I'm like, "No." <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't think that that then makes my wife look at me and go, oh, I should probably take him out in the car and have sex with him. (laughs) (laughs) I think it I think it makes her think, I hope if they come for us, he can protect us. (laughs) But I don't think he can. (laughs) What if he starts talking about the 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 um, the war and how sad it is and (laughs) like in the middle of when I need him at the front door shooting? Uh, You know, I, I don't know. Like, uh. I'm not disappointed with who I am and I'm mm-hmm. not sad that I um that I'm willing to be like that but I will be honest and say that um I grew up with my mom as a single mother telling me oh women are going to like that you're sensitive but I think what she was really saying was I wish your father was a little sensitive yeah and I did find through dating um uh, that I don't think that's what at least the girls I was meeting, you know, more over more more than less were looking for. Like I, I really think that they wanted more whatever standard masculinity is. Mm-hmm. Um but I found my sweet spot here. They haven't kicked yeah. me out, you know. Yeah. So I'm allowed to stay. <laughs> I always tell the kids, I'm like, listen, when mom gets rid of me, <laughs> I need you on my side a little bit. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> And they're like, what? I'm like, eventually it's going to happen. There's no way she can put up with me forever. So I'm just saying, <laughs> it's like when it happens, if you're older and you've, you're not in the house anymore, just believe that I tried as hard as I could. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Chad, when do you think you're getting kicked out? 
Uh, um, you probably have time. Your kids are younger. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully, I'll make it to college. You know, Carson reaches college. Oh, so. you're going to at least need to be there to make another baby that looks like Carson. Like, yeah, she's going to need you for that, and then she's going to want you to help pay for school without yeah. arguing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, she'll figure out in like four or five more years that she doesn't have to have sex with you if she doesn't want to anymore. <laughs> so that takes away a lot of the burden. Yeah. Um, and uh, but also the um, your niece that you said you have custody of is it your niece or her niece? Her niece. Yeah. So see, you're also you got that going for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're doing that extra family thing. So yeah, that'll probably buy you five years. I think you could make it to like 2044. Wow. Good for you, Chad. <laughs> Do you not think every guy just wonders when it's over? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, they, they, they say divorce rates are going down. So you think that's a financial thing? Like yeah, I, can't aff- I can't afford to leave. Yeah. Situation. yeah. <laughs> I can't I, afford two Christmases. I don't like him, but I do like my car. and if i just drive in the car more i won't be around him as much this all makes sense and i'm not i'm not saying because you're providing i'm saying that that i think most people have a a two-income situation Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so you're hearing divorce rates are going down yeah i've read it the other day now now it's kind of skewed because not many people are given married so Oh, so they can't get divorced. Yeah, exactly. You know, it it is one of those one liner like articles, you know, the the headline article, and then you go and read to it and, you know, but, but the more successful marriages are the people that, you know, go to college and kind of wait before they get. Oh, I tell my kids all the time, like you don't like 30 is probably the low number for where I would ask you to get married if I got to be in charge of it. Is it yeah, yeah. 2019? The U.S. divorce rates fell to a 50-year low in 2019. Yeah, but you're telling me if I keep reading, what I'm going to learn is that marriage rates are also down, so there's yeah, less people yeah. <laughs> eligible yeah, so. for divorce. <laughs> yeah, wow, it's a big drop. Yeah, look at that. 1970, 85. Your wife's going to listen to this. She's like, "So what you end up talking about is when we're going to get divorced." This is great. <laughs> yeah. um, 85 percent. Number of newly married people get per 1,000 unmarried population at age 15 plus. The U.S. marriage rate reaches all-time low. It went from, in the 70s, this number is at 85.9. In the 80s, it was 68.8. By the time you get to 2010, 35.1. It's 33.2 in 2019. I don't really know what the numbers represent because I'm trying not to read while I'm talking to you. But um, it's it's a harsh drop. Wow. Yeah. Next thing we should Google is have marriage. Oh wait. Uh here here it is. The US marriage rate just hit an all time low in twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's the rest of it. It, it was clickbait, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you can't get divorced if you don't get married. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my common sense. I'm always telling people like, you know, if you don't get high, you can't get high. So yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Chad, you're delightful. Thanks for coming on and doing this. I appreciate uh, it. Th- thank you. <laughs> Seriously, I'm 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 really thrilled that you're doing so well so early on in diagnosis. Oh, and, and hey, Scott, it's it's all to you, man. Like, uh, you know, I think, you know, all I can think of is what my son's diagnosed at two. He's gonna have 
you know, the rest of his life with, with crappy blood sugar numbers and stuff. And, you know, my wife started listening to you and I listened to you, especially your, your bold with insulin podcast. And, and, you know, that, that changed our life and, you know, we'll, will change Carson's life. You know, he'll, he'll have a healthy, normal, it's normal can be life because of you and your podcast. Oh, that's really nice of you to say. Thank you. Tell him to grow up and learn how to be a quarterback. So they, in my declining <laughs> years, I don't have to watch the garbage I watched last night. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, we'll do, you know, when you're watching a sporting event, you think, I honestly feel like I could have done better there. And yet I know I can't. That's the <laughs> horrible feeling I have watching the Eagles. Now at this point, I'm like, I think I could block for a half a second. You, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, at well, least I running. Over- I, could, I could have done that was like, uh, I think it was the Broncos over the weekend. They couldn't field a single quarterback because coronavirus and, uh, I, I read the stat line to the guy they played quarterback and he was like one for nine for 15 yards. And I was like, I, I could have done that. Yeah, I definitely could have like accomplished that. Well, I have to be honest with you. I thought the NFL completely dropped the ball this weekend because as soon as I heard that story, I wanted to watch the Denver Broncos football game. Yeah, and not so, to, so did I. Yeah, I, I turned it on, came on right at four o'clock. I turned it on just, just to, I watched a couple possessions for the Broncos and I was like, wow, this is, this is really bad. Well, you're lucky because I couldn't even find it on television here. But I and I didn't want to watch him fail. Like I really thought this is fascinating. Like this mm-hmm. is a, this is a, an athletic person who has no business doing this thing, being put in it at a, at the most difficult level. Like I wonder how. Like I just thought it would be interesting to watch him try, you yeah. know. And you don't ever get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I couldn't find the game anywhere. So. I, I couldn't watch. I did watch highlights, and the one thing I noticed was that the arm strength that a that a successful pro quarterback has is is insane compared to everybody oh, yeah. else. Because this kid yeah. threw a nice ball, but when he tried to go down the field, he just did not have enough to get yeah. the ball there before the cornerback could react and step in front of the ball. And I thought, yeah. wow, if this cornerback is this good, but can't make a play like this in a normal football game that means that the quarterback's arms are just way more powerful than you think so the next time you see a guy drop a ball in an nfl football game and you think just catch it i guarantee if he threw it at you like that it would kill you (laughs) (laughs) my fingers would fall your hands would just break and it would hit you in the face and that'd be the end of it (laughs) so yeah uh maybe be a little these guys are um they're just insane athletes because this kid Mm -hmm. like i said he i saw him throw an out pattern maybe 25 yards down the field and is a good ball. He was set up well. His mechanics were good. The ball traveled well. And the cornerback looked like he had time to have a sandwich before he stepped in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he'll never be a quarterback again in the NFL. But I, I think good for him, man. Going out there and trying that, that's uh, I thought that was ballsy yeah. as hell. There's always really yeah. something, you know. Anyway. All right, uh, Chad, thanks so much. I um, I appreciate you doing this. Hey, huge thanks to Chad for coming on the show and sharing so openly. And I want to remind you again about the T1D Exchange. Past participants like you have helped to bring increased coverage for test trips, Medicare coverage for CGMs, and changes to the ADA guidelines for pediatric A1C goals. And it's exciting to imagine what your participation could lead to next. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Support type one research and support the Juicebox podcast. 
And don't forget, if you're looking for those Diabetes Pro Tip episodes, they begin at episode 210 in your podcast player or can be found at DiabetesProTip.com. <laughs>